As the 70s roll in, stability around the world has never been as shaky. Interplanetary alliances join together to seek ideological supremacy across both planets. Cultural shifts are uprooting norms that have been in place for centuries. Technological shifts have been changing how the world itself functions. As these shifts occur, life continues in the seed bearer region, where a seemingly random group of people have come together to try and make sense of the nonsensical. This is Hazeltown Story. Welcome to another uh, episode of Hazeltown Story. Not quite, uh, we're not quite uh, starting up the new uh, kind of season slash arc yet. So uh, I felt like since we had a good discussion last time that uh, we're going to do another kind of continuing on because we didn't by any chance finish up um, getting to where current events are taking place in Hazeltown story with our last episode talking about kind of the history and lore of the world that Hazeltown story takes place in. So we are continuing on uh, for our discussion with that. And with me, I have today. I am Carnival. I'm Torpotypist. All right. And yeah, we are going to be continuing our uh, discussion on that. Um, last time where we left off, we kind of got to the this was like roughly the 18, like the the equivalent of the 1850s, although uh, they kind of run on a different e uh, epoch that kind of starts in 1700. So it's around 1500 AR there. But in our terms, because, you know, history kind of mirrors our world, uh, I think for sake of ease, we're just going to refer to it using our time so around the 1850s roughly so we're going to start there um these discussions are going to be a little bit more freeform because uh there's a lot to talk about and i feel like we'll just discuss kind of what we have on our mind so i feel like that is a little bit more of a conversational style rather than just a bullet point kind of thing uh also can kind of uh bring out some things that i might have missed or other stuff like that. Um, so um, starting around 1850, is there any particular point that we want to discuss? I think we did finish up talking about the Civil War. I just when you say 1850s, that's like. Yes. So okay. um, right around that time, as we kind of mentioned last time, the Civil War lasted a lot shorter period because um the Confederacy received a or had basically had a lot more adversaries than uh, it did in our world, because not only did they have to deal with, um, you know, the actual United States um, seed bearer nation definitely did not want them to basically use that as an opportunity to kind of help sabotage Confederacy efforts. Uh, the Locution Empire at that point also had kind of wanted to redo some of the damage that it's kind of redo well undo try the um kind of because of their negligence during the seven or essentially the 1700s uh went after a lot of the plantations and all that doing some you know uh sabotage and by that i mean lighting some plantations on fire um really? doing that uh that the u.s civil war lasted a lot shorter than it did in our world. Um, and I think that was like roughly around the same time. Um, 
And yeah, that's kind of roughly where we left off. So is there any particular point in either of the two planets that we kind of want to start with? Torpid, I already, since I got the recap, why don't you go for the first historical point? Uh, I mean, I don't have anything specific in mind, so if you do, I think you could probably start. All right, since we're, again, late 18, how what's happening within the, within, let's talk about the general climate of Europe at this point, since the Industrial Revolution is about to just start. What yeah. What that mean? So, the Industrial Revolution, um, because in this universe, magic definitely exists. So, European general take on magic was the fact that um, a lot of, you know, with it being primarily Christian based, I feel that like, especially if you think about like Church of England and uh, Catholic Church's influence on a lot of Europe at the time, even like the Protestant at that, uh, they generally, at least early on, had a stigma against the use of magic. Um, not necessarily like especially like they did definitely did not uh really early on like let's say around middle ages or like the i'll i'll say like trying to think like the 1300s uh started out with a incredible like stigma against it uh however as europe lost a lot of conflicts due to Using or going against adversaries that particularly used a lot of magic, uh, they kind of lessened their grip on a not using that. So, um, they were kind of a little bit at a disadvantage. So you had started to see some use of magic, but at that point, a lot of it was personal use. Like it was like people like using magic, but it was like all people powered. Um, there is a thing also we kind of discussed last time, I believe, uh, like the Houston Empire uh, at that point. The thing with that uh, is they had a and you started to see it in some of the ones that use magic more often, like the Seedbearer Nation. Um, one of their major accomplishments that gave them kind of a foothold uh, was ways to store magical powers and repeat magical powers uh so europe had not gotten that yet however right around say late eight maybe like 1860s 1870s um i actually had this written down but i believe there is an invention that came across that was referred to as the laden battery which is a way to store magical power essentially in a battery form so what had happened that is like where you start to see the birth of like technomancy that point where you start to have, okay, this device can repeat these magical actions in a chain that causes them to like do me uh, mechanical tasks. Um, so you would start to see uh, some contraptions that involve that. I don't think you would have stuff like engines at that point, but you had started to see that start to rise. Um, so you still have like the industrial revolution passes as it does. For the most part. So I, I want to be clarify here. Like you still have combustion engines going on yes. at the same time. That's there. It's not just the magic components taking over. Correct. No, that is running in the background. But like combustion would still definitely happen at that point. Uh, and ask, of the two planets, was there one that like favored technology over the other? Or 
uh, faster. Uh, so you definitely saw a lot of it on the areas that did magic. So Remus, uh, the plus with like Seedbearer and the one that's not the one that's kind not the one that's not analogous to Earth. Uh, you definitely saw it uh, in particular. Seedbearer definitely got a leg up on technology because uh, they had magic as part of like their culture. So you definitely saw it there. Moon Beacon is an area that you also saw uh, a lot of like technological boom there. Um, those are kind of the two major technological like giants in that area. Um, and then really on in like the Ramios slash Earth side, you really saw kind of similar there. Um, Europe, uh, the I don't know, like I'm trying to think of like the arc of the uh, like the British Empire. Like, I believe they were still kind of well, they were growing at that point uh, or still uh, like I think you mostly saw like the more quote unquote dominant ones. You saw the British, the French, uh, they would probably still be having some of the same skirmishes that they would have. Um, French Revolution definitely still happened. Although I think French Revolution was late. This is part. I'm not a European historian by any means. It's so my my dates might be off, but I believe French Revolution was is it mid or late 1800s. The question there is which French Revolution? Uh, <laughs> because the the first one happened pretty much oh. at most a year after the American Revolution. Okay, like, uh, I was thinking like the one that was like right before Napoleon question. I I'm trying to avoid saying the phrase, the one that Les Mis is based off of. <laughs> okay. Because so, for some reason, that's the only, my only time frame. I'm starting to realize that I think. So if we're talking the French revolution that everyone knows, it is, uh, it began arguably in 18, 1789. Yes. Okay. Which then led to the first French Republic. Okay. Which, yeah. If you're looking I, for the uh, Napoleon Napoleonic years, that would have been. I'm looking right around now. Because I want to say that was rough, roughly around. Okay. Oh. Oh. I got it. Um. God. See, this is the problem: is that I have very big gaps in my history, and French history is one of those. I mean, wow, I'm shocked. It's almost like it's not relevant to your day to day. Yeah. Um, so like the stuff that happens there is roughly what occurred because there really isn't a whole lot uh, to say in regards to France. They don't. Well, hmm, they don't have nearly as much because I would say they wouldn't have some of the colonies that they would have had at that point, for example. Uh, they did at some point have a little bit in, uh, well, not Canada, because or the the one that's on Remus, which is Nova Britannia. Uh, they did have a little bit there. So Quebec still exists. Uh, also kind of probably didn't have as much as influence on, say, like the Louisiana Territory. Uh, there was still a little bit. There is also uh, the French part of that. I believe at that point they would still have ties to uh, 
the Prosperity Kingdom on Remus that they would have old Louisiana at that point. So they did have a few colonies, but not as much of a grip as they had like in our timeline. Um, and I would I would love to, to clarify. So Napoleon ran as Emperor French from 18 May 18th, 1804 to April 6, 1814 for his first reign. And then his second reign was from March 20th, 1815 to June 22nd, 1815. Okay, that was okay. For some reason, I thought that would occur later on. But um, regardless, that stuff still happened. Uh, France is still kind of doing what France is doing around that time. Um, The major differential at that point would be the um, Austro-Hungary-German side of things Uh, happens slightly different because There is some difference in the head of the German Empire uh, that does definitely cause some change into the history of that world. Uh, In particular, uh, there is a number of people uh, that were very influential in our world that did not, you know, that essentially die in the Hazeltown story. Um, Ouch. That basically they are killed for, let's just call it mysterious reasons. Uh, Read assassinated. Yay. Uh, and one of the one of the key ones uh, in that case is Otto von Bismarck. Uh, basically, uh, for being how ter- like expansionist he is, uh, he was like, you know what? Uh, he had to go. Uh, particularly the locutions did not like him. Uh, so he basically he was in a battlefield at some point uh, and some locutions acting as a kind of use that time to basically take him out on the middle of a battlefield. So it wasn't quite as obvious that he was assassinated at that point. But um, and they didn't fuck around. Yeah, no, they definitely don't. Once they realized that, oh, whoops, we accidentally allowed a slavery, uh, they weren't taking precautions this time. Um, and I'm trying to keep on. Uh, I really probably should have had this up, but there was a German emperor. Uh, I believe it is Frederick. The, actually, I know exactly how I can find it because it is the father of it was the person who was the father of Wilhelm II, um, whose name was to do Frederick the third. There was a German emperor, Frederick the third, that in our world uh, had, I believe it was, it was cancer or like he had a cancerous tumor in his throat, I believe. Uh, And he only lasted on the throne like a few months until he succumbed to cancer. Um, Basically what happened in our, er, in the Hazeltown universe is that, uh, without the influence of Otto von Bismarck and the fact that he was actually able to overcome due to technical or to medical advances that would happen due to because um, due to while also locutions were also might have definitely did take out Otto von Bismarck on the other side, they were also uh, courting them as potential. They were I forgot exactly what it was, but they essentially got on the goods. The empire itself got on the side of uh, being favorable to the Lacutian empire because of Frederick the third 
uh, the fact that he was a lot more open to uh, and this is this is also the fun thing when talking about political system or in particular political systems, uh, because he was a much more uh, liberal uh, like director or like a empire emperor. Like he was a lot open to like classical liberal uh, liberalism. So he was essentially taking what is like more known as these. This is all a lot of like it's where I might fumble over some phrasing, uh, but he was, let's just say a quote unquote more open to like he was not as because the problem is I'm not going to say fascist because that's not what like the actual German Empire was. He was like a lot more open to like, you know, civil rights in in terms of like in a comparative sense. Progressivism. He, he was more progressive you know than Wilhelm II. Which is a low bar, but it's still the bar. So he opens up Germany uh, in his, the Hazeltown story universe. He opens up Germany and it becomes more of a uh, like open the trade and like, you know, rights of speech and all that, uh, which the German Empire, if I recall correctly, did not was a lot more strict about that, especially under Wilhelm II. Uh, so Germany's heading more towards that kind of like similar to the British in that sense. Um, so that's different in that. And then the German empire essentially um, that's going on there. Uh, I would say the Austro Hungary stuff probably is still going on there. Um, although again, this was not a German or European history of the 1800s was not exactly my strong suit. So a lot of this is stuff that I have just read over a while. So there's probably areas that I am missing. Um, but essentially, for the most part, other than the German Germany, German Empire having a different head and going in a different direction than it did, um, then for the most part, that happens. But likely because of that, some of the alliances might not have occurred that this will get into when we get in later into the 1900s. This essentially prevents World War One from happening, which uh, has a whole lot of connotations of that we can get to. Well, um, we're done. Uh, there's other things that would happen that are not quite Verdun, because uh, don't worry, there's going to be conflicts. Yeah, uh, I love murder. Um, because. Uh, especially once we get on it, not necessarily 1910s in this case, uh, but that doesn't mean that the 20s and 30s and 40s are not filled with fun stuff. Um, so essentially that's still going on, um, like Italy, or what's still happening with whatever Italy was at that point. I don't know. I don't think the Holy Roman Empire was still going on at that oh, point. But, oh, goodness. No, the Holy Roman Empire was. Hold on. Let me take a look. But the Holy Roman Empire should have been dead by that point. Um, I do believe roughly around that time, um, as part of because uh, I think we, I don't know if we covered it. Uh, it's not something that's been a plot point in Hazeltown story, but something also dealing with the Locution Empire that also if we're talking about German sphere of influence. One of the things that a the look. So the thing with the Locution people is that a good majority of them need to live by a certain geographical 
phenomenon, which is basically they they can only live next to a energy source. Uh, there happens to be one of those in Liege, Belgium. So during part of this kind of like um, as part of like some diplomacy things that are happening around this time, eventually around this point, there starts to be a colony, a locution colony in Belgium, which I believe at that point, I don't know if they were in. I don't think they were independent from Germany at that point. So I don't think um, they get in until the early 1900s. Let me, I'll double check that next. Also, Holy Roman Empire dissolved August 6, 1806. OK, so it's I wasn't that far off but yes no they they whatever's happening in italy is that because that's a that's a convoluted thing but you're, you're looking for when did belgium get independence yes i believe that was 1900 or that like it was early 1900s i believe i'm looking um but anyway okay yeah it independence independence was declared from the netherlands it was declared in uh october 4th 1830 with it being recognized in April 19th, 1839. All oh, right. There's, yes. The, also, the Dutch Empire at that point kind of is the same as what would happen with, you know, actual the Netherlands. So that really doesn't change much in terms of history. Um, I think for the most part, Europe kind of just stays there. Um, I know Ottoman Empire is still going on around that time. So that's pretty much the same. Um, I think that's kind of the major differences in Europe's history at that point. I didn't realize Belgium was a constitutional monarchy. Yes, um, that is. Yes, you try, it turns out there's a lot of constitutional monarchies in Europe. Yep. I've just again, my my anti-monarchist blood starts rising of just. It's yeah, there is a lot of technically there's a king, but also they do jack shit. Uh, in name only. Yes. And money. Lots of money. Yes. Um, Which is... Uh, yeah. Uh, so I think that's good for Europe. Um, of course, I think probably another thing that might be worth talking about, especially if we're talking about Europe and, like, uh, Earth things that are happening, uh, Asia also. Definitely a little bit of a... Um, All right, time for the century of humiliation. Let's oh, go! God. <laughs> so... China, for the most part, is the same. Um, oh, boy. There is a region. Well, also, the thing is in. So there's some slight country differences in that because dragons exist or dra like dragon type people exist in on Romulus, which is our Earth. Uh, there is one that exists in Asia. I actually haven't fully figured out where I would say roughly in China because China's huge. I believe uh, in the also, north. Speaking of the century of humiliation, I forget. Did we mention if the Opium Wars happened or not? I think the Opium Wars were... Was, was it? I think we're getting to that. Oh, we're getting there. That's, uh, I, that's, okay. that's, so, that's the start of the century. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's why I was asking. So, especially since Britain doesn't have a whole lot to do... Like, they're... Well, they would have lost colonies at this point. Um... They would have lost a good number of the colonies, so their interest in Asia definitely would still exist. So I would absolutely say that the Opium War still existed. Oh, boy. Because um, I believe China doesn't really deviate in terms... Like, Chinese history doesn't deviate... Um, 
I can't remember if I wrote down if Mao Zedong also gets offed at some point. Yeah, that's a kind of important, though. That's a tease. It, it, it is. Important. Uh, I do know at the uh, essentially they the long and short is they are still like they're still they still become a communist nation. Uh, what might change is I believe they it does. What happens is um, someone takes over that essentially still kind of, you know, turns China into a communist country. Uh, what happens is it doesn't quite do some of the things that Mao Zedong kind of had. It was a little bit more of a um, kind of gets a foothold or like better handle on the administrative side of things. So you don't have things like uh, the Great Leap, Great Leap Forward doesn't happen. So or, you mean it, it happens, but instead of the horrible fandom, famine, it's yes, actually it, it is something it, it, ha it happens in a way that isn't horribly mismanaged is essentially <laughs> what happens. <laughs> Uh, so happens, yes, but isn't completely monstrous. Yes. Um, so that, that is probably the main difference China, cause then everything that happens there. Well, then what about Taiwan? Ta so Taiwan, the D like the Chinese civil wars happen. Taiwan still happens. So the Kuomintang are still floating around or they eventually float around. Actually, I think at this point of Hazeltown story, they still, well, I mean, they're still around today, if I remember correctly. But uh, Chiang Kai-shek, I believe, is still alive in the Hazeltown universe. Or maybe not. I actually see it's kind of the things where I, my mind, because a lot of the times when I'm thinking of the war of Hazeltown story, I kind of just have a wiki hole kind of thing. And I think Chai, Chiang Kai-shek is, I think, one that I just haven't kind of gotten to yet. So his is kind of a question mark, but essentially, for the most part, Chinese history stays roughly the same up until like the 19, like 1930s, I think. Look, that's understandable. History is big and we can't do everything. So China's still mostly the same. Um, what does change uh, is Japanese history, because right oh, around boy. that time you have the Bakumatsu period and also the Meiji or uh, um, the Meiji Restoration. So the thing with the Meiji Restoration that's interesting, and this is actually the one of the things because I had a, it's one of the things that I had a course of it in college. So it's the, one of the kind of things I remember. And I remember one of the the things was talking about the formation of the Japanese Constitution. There was a debate about when, basically among the people who were crafting the Japanese Constitution, that were Basically, do you cover or do you try and emulate the British Constitution or the German Constitution? And the British Constitution won out. Is roughly a very bare bones and probably might be overlooking some things. Now, the thing that I had the thought of, because if we're talking about things that the Constitution is based off of, there is now a factor in that did not exist in our world because... What is occurring, what happened is what happened to the what is our United States? Because the thing about that is that essentially what I believe the technical term is, at least I have written down, is what happened to Turtle Island, essentially what happened to North America. So the primary like essentially the like the tribes of that, like the indigenous people of North America 
are the ones that are at the head of North America. And I what I it is one of the things because it turns out there's a lot of Native American indigenous people. I haven't fully I am basing this off of the 18 probably around the 1812. There is the Western Confederacy. Um, and one of the primary group or one of the groups in the Western Confederacy was the uh, Haudenosaunee, uh, How- I believe it's the Haudenosaunee, which are what it's commonly referred to as the Iroquois um, Confederacy, which is probably uh, there's a lot of historical back and forth about they essentially lost a shit ton of the populace populace in the 1700s. I now, love these. Yes, but in the Hanstown story universe, that loss didn't happen. So there is a potential that they probably are one of the more dominant indigenous groups. Uh, and the thing about the the um, Haudenosaunee that's interesting is that they in their history, and it's kind of one of the things that they're most known for, is they have a like, if you think about this being like they like given time, they would have grown to probably become, especially now that there is more international like, you know, dealings, they probably would have formed a quote unquote country if to be. But basically, they would have formed a solid or kind of consolidated group. So essentially, instead, instead of being a they became what is known by European definition, Eurocentric definitions as a nation state versus. Yes. What 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 they were was a. Again, a confederation of different tribes and ethnic groups that a- acted as a democracy yes a similar kind of essentially hey let's kind of make a more like a system where we can interact with each other and kind of you know form a nation state but the thing about the Haudenosaunee is that they are known for something that is called the great law of peace which is a document that is pretty much there's good evidence that the united states constitution is based on this document (laughs) So there is a potential that if especially if they uh, if their influence went east or went westward, that and if for some reason they, you know, if they did, they I don't if they had naval and ended up in Japan like we did with Commodore Perry, that their their influence might also be in this in this thing. And that's something I'm not fully but there might be some slight influence from that in there as well. Um, but essentially, major restoration goes, they do probably take on more of the British uh, kind of, you know, take on liberalism and, you know, open trade. There is also another thing that happens around this time, which um, I, it's, it's a problem of I could never figure out the term for it, but it's essentially... It was also around that time where there is a huge this was also more in the early 1900s of Japanese nationalism, like very old school Japanese nationalism. OK, good. That but, was my next question. Is that what happened to them? So I my general case is they had some followers, although they did not have nearly the influence that they did. Um, so oh, because they got beat up or something or was there? Just- yeah, generally like, hey, it's better like. Essentially, they lost out. Uh, I don't know if it's due to possibly other trade or just other dealings. Um, 
There also is the thing that the thing about Japan that is interesting. I can't remember if I think I must have brought this up, but Japan was the first nation to essentially form a teleportation to the other planet on their own. Like they reverse engineered it. So they are the actually the reason why the Locutions brokered like the dealings with Europe so that they started to come over to the other planet because they realized, well, we just can't let Japan on its own get there. Like they had to like, hey, we need to broker some deals with that so that there is like, hey, this is happening. And like they started to warn um, like some of the other countries that did there, like especially they had a uh Essentially, where they ended up um, is they ended up on a series of islands uh, on the I can't exactly remember what the I believe I I believe they're referred to as the Sunshine Islands. And essentially, they end up colonizing it because there really wasn't a whole lot of population there. Uh, So they had a foothold and was starting to branch out over there. There was a slight and because in order to like save a little bit of, especially now that the Meiji registration is happening, uh, they decide that it might be better that there is essentially there's still the emperor, but uh, there is essentially the head of the Romulus side of Japan and the Remus side of like their holdings on Remus. Uh, they, those two have a slight difference on how like. Essentially, the uh, one that was on the Remus side, which where Japan saw a lot of expansion possibilities, um, was a lot. They he was not a fan of the Japanese nationalism. Like he wanted to. Yeah, let's deal with more. Let's kind of make westernize ourselves in order to. This is how our like this is how we should be as a country or as a nation. And essentially, he mostly won out. So there's still the Japan, like it's still festering there. Like it didn't completely die down, but it's still like for the most part, you don't have nearly the uh, nationalism, at least in the early 1900s. Now that might occur later on when some other things, but uh, with other things that happen in say the 1930s, but uh, it's not founded on it. Uh, so that's kind of what mostly happened in Japan. Uh, they still have, um, I believe at the time, because if you think about Japanese history and like the Sino-Japanese wars, uh, especially thinking about, uh, World War II, um, not a whole lot of other countries are really have a reason to be in conflict. Like they're, they're kind of like, it's just Japan and China for the, well, Japan and China, you know, the the places that they're fighting over, like Britain doesn't really care about that. And if anything, they have more of an alliance to Japan than they did in uh, our world, like especially also the U.S. has a more of an alliance with them. So that's probably most of the most of a difference there is that they are more allied with other countries, despite, you know, United States history of, let's say, racism against Japan. Yeah, but for the, colony. 
Yeah. Uh, like the fun stuff of Hawaii and the uh, sugar plantations there. Oh, is Hawaii still independent? That's right. That is a good question. So Hawaii, Hawaii, well, at that point, uh, they are kind of on their own things because they kind of are like, you know, they're still kind of in an, a region that they're still more probably under the protectorate of, like, say, the indigenous, you know, Mexico and there, because also remember at this point, Mexico doesn't have nearly the Spanish influence, because I think we talked about that last time. Yeah, because they got kicked out. Yeah. So they probably Hawaii probably is not as touched as much because it's they might. But that would be I don't think it would be feasible for like because they would kind of be on their own, if I remember geography wise, because there wouldn't be a lot, a lot of other colonies. Was, so it might not be worth it. Now you mention it, whatever happened. Never mind. Well, we can wait for that. Yeah. Speaking of American colonies. Oh, you mean the Philippines? The Philippines. Yeah. Uh, Philippines would be under Japanese rule. Oh, 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 oh God. No. Wait, that oh. means the Spanish should get to them first, too? Oh, right. Um, no, because the Spanish kind of lost their colonial thing after they got the shit kicked out of them by the Aztecs. Oh, Lord. Right. Oh, God. Oh, God. So, yeah, they're under. So, yeah, also Korea is also under the influence of Japan at this point. Oh, oh no. Oh, no. That's Japanese Empire. Japanese Empire is a little bit Let's say, quote unquote, stronger in this universe. I'm surprised the locutions didn't step in. Uh, well, see, this is, again, probably part of the things I might need to think about it. But as of right now, you can take that one back to the drawing board. It's fine. Yeah, Yeah, because we have we have not dealt with that, but I might need to think about that because that also. Well, anyway, that's that might be something I need to go back to the drawing board on or at least start to think about that. But um. Yeah, at this point, it's like the thing in Clue where you don't have really any things that's like, oh, I guess technically that is true. <laughs> that's not good, actually. Yeah, yeah, that's like, oh, no, that's really not good. Um, also, another thing that I just had a thought of thinking of colonies, uh, Australia. I think Britain still goes to Australia. Um, whether or not actually... Well, Australia was a prison colony, so yeah. yeah, it was a penal colony. But the thing with that, whether or not the locutions might have any influence on like whether or not like I'm thinking of like the Aboriginal like Australia, whether or not that that unfortunately is something I'm not super familiar with the history of that. So that might be a that. But I do believe they're still they it still become a British penal colony and all that because um, one of the things where it's like, oh, right. I still want to have like some sort of version of like there's also like another thing like because that's also the thing Cuba was a Spanish colony originally wasn't it yeah see I was going to ask about the status of Cuba and also Puerto Rico and Haiti uh, right, we, already, we already did Haiti last time I thought maybe. so all of for so for the most part because they the British got kicked out of essentially North America or what essentially was like our North America I believe the Indigenous peoples of those pe- places probably are still there. Like, I don't think they became they might not have become colonies because they might have gone too, like logistically like, oh, we got kicked out of this. We 
if we try and even like the smaller area that's even hard to get to, we might also get kicked out there. Oh shit, that also means like, that means the Cuban Missile Crisis never happened either. Uh, there could be other places where that happens. Yeah, because I was gonna ask, what about the nuclear weapons programs? Uh, I think yeah. we, we, well, so how we probably, we should probably go a little bit more into, because at that point, we're stepping over uh, stuff that happens in the 30s, and like, we're start, starting to miss stuff that happens in the early 1900s. Yeah. Where yeah. we can step back. It's just things to think on. Yeah. So actually, at that point, I'm trying to think if there's any other major things that happened in the late 1800s. Major Restoration, I think, was the big one. Um, uh, some other uh, things, uh, the Russian Empire also, at some point, colonizes the... Uh, I uh, Eventually has some uh, form of colony in the so like on Remus in the Song Plains, which will become relevant in the 1900s, like 1910s. Uh, and I think that's kind of mostly there for the 1800s. Uh, German, or the German Empire establishes a colony in on Remus that is essentially due to their um, basically holdings of the Prosperity Kingdom on Remus. Uh, some colonies that were like some from their area that they were that was under Prosperity's uh, holding get transferred over to essentially Britain. France, Germany, and um, the Russian Empire also gets a little bit of land in the Song Plains, which is interesting because that is actually a completely different climate. But regardless, they still have some holdings there. Um, so let's go over to the 1900s. Um, actually, thinking of colonization, uh, the U.S., uh, because of the geographical difference between the area that the United States is in this world, in Hazeltown story universe versus our universe, uh, there is a there is still expansion to the West. So you still have the um, manifest destiny kind of still happens, although there is a little bit more of a organized conflict at that point, because the sea barrier region also kind of has some questions about what exactly it has sovereignty over, because there is a giant mountain chain that occur that is on in the um, that can separate. Here's where the sea bear region is, and here's where U.S. is. When you start to get towards the middle of the country, it gets a little less because there is more open spot. So essentially, U.S. You eventually have um, essentially the Midwest gets. I haven't quite fully figured out what states got taken out. Um, or are not states or more seed bearer territory. Uh, in this one, you definitely have states, Texas, Oklahoma, Utah, uh, oh, Utah, maybe. Oh, my favorite character, Utah. Uh, so New Mexico, Arizona, like that area, California, uh, due to the landmass does is not a territory of sun's bounty, which is essentially where geographically Mexico would be. Uh, they kind of don't have it's not like there isn't a Baja California doesn't quite fully exist there. Uh, so California still definitely becomes a territory. Um, Oregon and um, Washington are seed bearer territory. In fact, the seed bearers kind of as the U.S. starts to go west, 
they kind of try to go west or the sea bear tries to make deals with the like they start to expand west as well or like try to try to establish that hey hey these assholes in the south are gonna come and start trying to come after yeah. you so they essentially try and race to the west so what eventually happens is like the entire northern part of like going from Michigan left on the north north part of the country is entirely seed bear territory. Um, they actually seed bear might have conceded a little bit like they might actually have like Ontario or like some little bits of where Canada. But essentially, that's a little bit of a that's for another day where I have to think about that. But they go both the U.S. and seed bear essentially go west to the end of the country. Um However, due to some geographical changes, there is a mountain chain that essentially cuts the northern part of California off from the bottom part of Oregon. So there is a little mountain kind of natural divide there. Uh, but California definitely still happens. And essentially, that's as far as the U.S. kind of goes. It kind of takes the that's the territory that it has uh, because they don't get Alaska and they don't get there isn't like a, a island chain that's like Hawaii. Now, what about Guam? There also probably is not a Guam. If anything, Guam would be in the territory of Sun's Bounty. Sun's Bounty also understands the bullshit that the U.S. is doing and probably also tries to establish its protectorates of the islands that are by it. We see you think you, you think you're just doing that. And we can't see you. We, we know what you're trying to do. Yes. Uh, so they the U.S. kind of runs out of territory. Like it's like, oh, we we're taking we've. The finalization is there. Okay. So, um, 1900s. Uh, probably the events to start talking about are probably the 1910s. Uh, as mentioned, because of uh, the major thing that would happen around that time, which is World War I, uh, does not happen because, as the uh, going back to the German Empire, uh, because it starts opening itself, starts to become more liberal. Uh, at that point, we have a certain person by the name of Karl Marx gets born and <laughs> uh, Marxism spread starts to happen a little bit differently. Uh, doesn't get um, so essentially uh, as more progressive uh, voices start to get more power in Germany because they're not being repressed. Uh, it takes a little while, but Germany doesn't become like it doesn't become communist by any means, but think about current Germany is kind of roughly where it like due to some differences and not quite sure how to set it up. German, the German Empire kind of technically crumbles and becomes more of a republic. Uh, so it's, you know, it yeah, it, it doesn't become an empire as it is. It just becomes kind of a more of a state. Um, and Due to that and their kind of alliances there, World War One doesn't happen uh, because some of the alliances aren't there. Uh, their political in the 1910s, um, 1910s, it's different. It'll become more of a story in the uh, 1930s. So, uh, yeah, um, spread of communism happens, or in particular, uh, the first country to have a revolution is uh, the is Russia Red October happens. Uh, it happens a little bit differently because, again, there are actually 
Two, there is Russian influence, like there is the Russian colony that is on Remus. Now, the thing with the colony of... Uh, so, actually talking about some Lacusian things. Uh, the colony in the Song Plains uh, that Russia had was particularly not happy with the native... Um, one of the things that the Song Plains, and in fact why it's called the Song Plains, is that there is a... Um, the religious elements of that country, like their kind of culture is especially around like their religious, like their religion, uh, the culture that comes from that religion. And like music was a huge element of like the culture there. So hence why they kind of became song planes. When the Russian colony kind of started to get influence, they started to be repressed. And but that still was a Russian colony. Uh, the Russian Empire probably still would have collapsed even though World War I didn't happen because uh, if anything, it might have gotten delayed a little bit, but the Russian Empire still crumbles because, you know, SARS were not doing a particularly great job and they were starting is to. Is Rasputin alive? Is, is Rasputin alive and around as a secret magic ghost thing? <laughs> no, this isn't this isn't fucking but, Shadow Hearts. God. The problem is, is that uh, I kind of want Shadow Hearts to be real. Let's put that to the side, because maybe because <laughs> that, that is a full possibility that Rasputin might be by have magical powers. A fucking wizard goes magical powers and a magical dick. Except the problem is, is that it's the world heroes Rasputin and not the Shadow Hearts one. <laughs> um. What so matters is, did he exist or not? Because there's a very important song that's very good that came about because of him. Yeah, but technically that that's I think it, that song comes out in 1980, so that has not come out yet. Uh, anyway, so, yeah. um, so on the Russia side, the Red October or like the Russian Revolution still happens the way it kind of does. Um, during skirmishes, though, uh, it becomes a little different. Because Lenin is still around, but um, in the scuffles of the revolution, I'm debating about where maybe during exile he might have gotten sent to the Song Plains. Yeah, I was gonna ask what, what's up with the Bolsheviks. So the Bolsheviks and the Mensheviks conflict uh, becomes a little bit different because uh, if you're not familiar with the Bolsheviks and Menshevik, like what their actual meanings were, Bolshevik is just, I believe, Russian for majority. Uh, and it comes out of there were a number of color-coded political divides on how their takes of communism. If I remember correctly, uh, the I believe the blacks were the Bolsheviks, or I might no, I think the blacks were the Mensheviks, which were, um, if I remember correctly, and I'm probably not 100 percent. Uh, they were more on if you're thinking about the different sliding scale of. Social democracy, and I probably got the order wrong. Social dem democracy, socialist, communist, that kind of flow. I believe the black were more on the socialist side. They were more of the gradual, like, they were more gradualist versus the Bolshevik, or the actual Bolsheviks, which were, I believe, the, no, we, we revolt now. Um... If I probably got some of that backwards, but essentially there was the divide on that. Um, the different 
The Romulus and Remus side of Russia differed on which one won. The essentially the Song Plains had more of the Bolsheviks because they were well, they essentially the Russian Empire used that as their exile point. Like you're just going on the other planet. You're not dealing with here. Um, so it's a penal colony. Kind of. Uh, so on the essentially there is a constant conflict between the two sides where um, essentially though there's both the revolution and it succeeds. Uh, there is technically there is a union of the two, but uh, due to essentially, you know, let's say differences that might be that might occur in, say, communist ideologies or like led things. There are some slight differences on opinion on how things should be run. The um, the the Remus side generally is more. I don't want to say tanky because that's not exactly the thing. They're more hardline. They're more of the hard, right. like harder Bolshevik side. So you're saying they're more directly authoritarian and in terms of a centralized single single authority figure giving top down commands versus, say, from what we've seen of Seed Bear is a much more. Yes, I won't say anarchist, but is a much more horizontal structured. Seems yes. to have a much more of a horizontal structure in terms of government bodies. So, yeah, the more direct down, that is more the Remus side where the Romulus side is more um, horizontal. Like they're much more. They're also more. Hey, let's let's start with a let's go. Let's do the, the motions of social. Let's instill social democracy, which will then install socialism, which then install communism is essentially their plan. Whereas the Rima side is, no, we're at the end of the chain now. Um, the thing about that is that gets slightly different towards the historical side. Uh, because there are more likely more conflicts that happened on the Rima side, and especially if that's where the Bolsheviks is, Stalin ends up dying in a conflict. I don't <laughs> think he actually got assassinated. I think he just got shot. Um, so that, di that essentially differs in that in terms of that so there um whether or not i am debating about whether or not because of this 1970 that would be crucial no that would, that would be crucial wouldn't it at that point i think so tarpon do you remember off the top of your head who is not the, off the top of my head who is the one that was in metal gear solid 3 i think it was in <laughs> crucial because that's yes, the that one was Yes, that would have been Khrushchev because it was the talk between uh, Kennedy. They're saying, no, it was Johnson and Kennedy you're talking about. We want to avoid another Cuban uh, missile crisis with the with I forget this with the virtuous mission incident. Yeah. So <laughs> I hate that we just use Metal Gear to do for history it lesson. Works. It works. Um, so essentially the they might be at that point right now, although so they don't have the um, they don't have the Stalinist era. Uh, it might go a little bit differently. Uh, there is one major conflict in the Song Plains region, though, that is the reason why they are not exactly the, um, why you have like the the seed bearer and uh, Moon Beacon in particularly in the locutions don't have a um particularly great view of the of the people or like the um, 
let me actually get the term or like their their actual country name for the Remus side of things is the United Remian Socialist Republic. So you are URSR instead of USSR. Urser. Urser. Uh, why they're not exactly uh, the other countries are not a fan of them, uh, even though they would be if why there is essentially the green faction instead of them kind of allying with the red against, the, you know, Europe uh, is the Locution Empire in trying to unempire some like trying to unstabilize some of the colonies helped with essentially the revolution. Uh, one of the things about the revolution or like their kind of things was like, hey, the original people, the Song Plains have been repressed for this time. You're going to help them regain their sovereignty to the people like essentially Lenin and all that. What ended up happening was uh, they tried that, but the original people was like, no, we want our land back. Get out. So what ended up happening was that, or at least, hey, here's this area over here. Go over there. Let us have these lands. Um, but essentially, because they got, um, they were like, hey, no, we're trying to, we're trying to create a global commune and we're going to start here. Got really, and maybe this actually might have been where Stalin got killed if he was maybe involved with this. Uh, they essentially, the original people got repressed again. Because they were seen <laughs> as going against the like they were. Oh, they're actually trying to help out. And the left eats itself yet again. What the hell? Here we go. Repressing again. Hold on. I have something playing sound in the background. I don't know where it came from. Oh, shoot. I know what it is. Oh. I still have the side tube up. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's fine. Uh, I'll, I'm leaving that in because I find that funny. But oh, no. Uh, so yes, essentially they they get uh, they get repressed again, and this is an incident that's referred to as the um, uh, I forgot to feel uh, essentially the silence of the song planes by Seedbearer and Moonbeacon. So they're not they're basically equally as unhappy with them as they are with the U.S. and all that, which is the start of the. Let's call it the three factions of the, the what will eventually become the Cold War. Uh, it also they got they also really pissed off the Locution Empire because they essentially went back on their word. Although whether or not what exactly caused it is, let's just say up for debate in the uh, world of Hazeltown story. <laughs> that is a conflict about what actually happened is a your opinion on that usually changes with what allies you are with. So let's give a refresher just for the audience sake of what the three alliances are, though. OK, so essentially uh, two of them are essentially you have the East and the West of the Cold War of our Cold War. Um, it's not NATO because NATO, but that wouldn't make sense, uh, which are and usually they're color coded. So let's start with the blue. Uh, the blue is essentially the alliance of uh, on Earthside UK. Uh, France and Jap Japan. Um, on the Remus side, you have the Prosperity Kingdom and also Japanese uh, Japanese um, influence or the regions in Remus also support there. Also the U.S. Um, also also uh, Nova Britannia or Canada essentially also is that the alliance on 
the red side, you have both Russian colonies. Uh, you have China. Um, you have some. Uh, this has not been a region that has been uh, like brought up a whole lot. There is a region in uh, that's called Life's Canopy that is also allied with um, the red faction, so to speak. Not that red faction. Um, uh, you also actually on the other on Remus, one of the uh, dragon populated the Castle Rock Republic, which is essentially Iceland. Uh, essentially, so dragons take part or basically they're Iceland or no. Greet, <laughs> greet. God, God, I'm, I'm getting Leif Erikson. No, it's not Greece, uh, which is the one that's more rocky. It's Greenland, isn't it? Is the one that's essentially because it's the opposite because green is the one that's like yes, called cool. Iceland because yes. So there the green what essentially uh, Greenland is also a member of the red uh, red faction. Ooh. Uh, and then on the green on the green side, you essentially have the um, ones that are allied with the Locution Nation. So you have essentially North and South America. Uh, you have uh, are pretty much entirely um, allied with green. Uh, Seed Bear is definitely one of the major ones. Uh, the Moon Beacon is one. Uh, the former German colony of Himmelheim is also allied with the green. Uh, you also have Germany, essentially. Uh, you have uh, the Nordics are essentially also allied with them. Uh, India ends up becoming uh, allied with them. And also uh, the um, Union of African or like a uh, kind of a think the U uh, version of the EU, but for African nations also becomes allied with the Locutions. So, again, like the actual African Union that exists. But, but like, one with teeth. Yes. Uh, so there is a lot of smaller countries that are in the green, but uh, eventually they're all. Yeah. So that's the kind of the major alliances in there. Um, so that's what happens in. So essentially, uh, Russia has its foothold in the Song Plains, which, by the way, to give a geographical location, that's essentially if you were to map uh, Remus with uh, our world, it's essentially Africa. So or like African climate. So the complete opposite of modern Russia. So that's also a fun difference. Um, that's kind of the major thing in the 1910s, uh, 1920s. Um, so does the Great Depression still happen or has the stock market been or it's been so, because we have actual socialist nations? The stock market crash doesn't actually. So that's the thing. The economy. It doesn't because seed bearer definitely doesn't get a thing because they are a lot of their stuff is self-sufficient. So they do not get affected by the Great Depression. If anything, what affects them is a influx of basically what happens is there is a um, with seed bearer is they if basically other countries having problems causes an influx of immigration into theirs where they start to have the thing of like, oh, we actually have a population that is now starting to become not part of the traditionally indigenous tribes. So we have to figure out what to do with that. So they have problems of like, hey, um, 
what how do we handle this? Because traditionally it was uh, mostly allied with what tribe you initially were is where you're like how its system political system works. So you have a bunch of people that aren't allied with like don't have like roots there. So it's like, oh, we don't have any provisions to give you any like political power. So that becomes starts to become more problems over, especially during the early 1900s. So like right around the time, like say voting rights were happening, like especially with women um, is right around the time. It's like, Oh, how are we going to handle, like, how do we handle your um, political power? Essentially, how do we like give you a voice in our system? Um, but essentially, that's an, that is also an effect of the Great Depression because of a rise in immigration there. Um, so probably more of the blue out, uh, ones get um, hit. So I don't know if so they probably got, it's one of the things that, again, that's probably a little bit of a weakness in my history. Uh, so I definitely know that laws like Seabird definitely does not get hit because they're more self-sufficient. Um, now, if we're talking more. Uh, more political fun stuff. The 1930s definitely is probably one of the more tumultuous uh, kind of political decades because time to bash fascists. The rise of fascism. Uh, well, not maybe not the rise of fascism. Well, the the starting of the influence of fascism. Uh, Italy is a giant question mark on where I want that to be. Um, yeah, that was my big question because, like, go ahead, Turpin. I've talked more. Oh no, 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 no! I was gonna say, um, what was it the Spanish Civil War? What goes on with oh, that? That's... Oh God, you're right. The entire Spanish Civil War. That was a big old test bed for World War II weapons. Uh, Spanish Civil War probably still happened. Uh, if anything, uh, like their changing of empire might have actually caused that to happen at a different time. Uh, is again, my Spanish history is nil. So that is a question mark for another day. OK, because, yeah, I was going to say, because that's a, also one of one of the big like we saw a bunch of like anarchist and communist communes develop in the same areas as long with battling out fascists in middle of enduring Spain during that entire civil conflict. Yeah. So what likely happened with them is. Uh, again, it might have to do with how I handle Italy because um, fascists definitely partially take power. What I'm at. what I'm thinking right now is that they take power in Italy. But uh, what also happens around that time uh, is Germany going back to Germany, uh, the Spartacus movement in Germany, which was a large pushing of, you know, a, a, the Spartacus group is essentially let's make Germany communist. Whether or not they have, they definitely have more of an influence than it did in the actual, you know, Spartacus movement because also the thing with that is also um, well, here's also the question. What happened to Adolf Hitler? Because uh, he essentially had no real influence because World War One didn't happen, so he never really was a he might have what might have happened was did he become a middling painter? I'm thinking that's probably what happened is that he was a pr probably a he probably was served in the military. He might have had 
some conflict with people there. Um, but he did not the Na- the Nazi party did a, did not grain as much power as it obviously did. I forget. Was it him who survived a mustard gas exposure during World War One? Yes. Well, yeah. I think wasn't that like the part of the reason why it is like claimed that he might have had some like association issues with that or like like that fueled some of his like delusions. I don't know. There's so much written about Hitler that's like. Yeah, but essentially Hitler did not become power. Um, I would imagine that the Nazi party probably existed, but it did not become a major uh, powerhouse due to the general progressive nature of like as the German Empire declined. It generally became more uh, progressive. Uh, probably definitely his a social democracy. So um, did we hit full Weimar Republic levels or not that levels of just probably probably not that level. Uh, what does happen is uh, in a technological sense, uh, a lot of the stuff that the uh, the Nazis burned, in particular, the sex um, like a lot of the sex clinics in that um, survived. They survived. So um, what actually happens is, especially due to the influence of uh, you have a lot more indigenous um, influence. Uh, so a lot of non-European uh, culture, cultural influence, um, you have a large, a um, massive uh, boost, especially with uh, when you have advances in animancy. Um, in particular, uh, Germany becomes Germany and its former like colonies actually become a large hub of medical uh things and full gen like full sex transition can happen in the hazeltown universe because of that okay uh there might have been a character that you came across that actually had that happen but but man i'm just saying that's one of the great things about magic settings is it's a lot less of a pain in the ass yeah so um actually uh rights for like gay and like general like lesbian gay and all that uh generally rights have been better in germany than they had been so you actually get advances there that transition to most of the uh, let's say green territories probably still not as great in the blue territories and probably better in the red territories although historically those two areas have not been great um but yeah at least you see progress there as a result of the fact that um, Germany becomes more whether or not it where it falls like aligns in term like where exactly it falls. It definitely becomes more of a uh, a more allied to the idea of it, whether or not it actually is a it's not an actual like I would say it wouldn't even be a socialist nation, but it becomes more accepting of it. And they start to be, have more of a like they have seats in parliament like the Social Democratic Union, which is a natural German party, becomes more powerful, even though they're more they're not they're not the Communist Party by any means, but they start becoming more of a voice for progressive issues. Uh, so Germany and probably will extend even to the Nordics as well. So they actually what I think might happen is they might see uh, Italy as a threat 
So there might be a German-Italian war. Um, that could be happening. Also, while we're talking fascists, going over the UK. Uh, so because um, one thing that happens is because World War II doesn't happen, uh, and this is something that affects you, well, affects a lot of or a few countries. Because the Nazi party, like the, you never saw the horrors that the Nazi party did. That and has smaller parties start showing up in other countries. Yes. So you have rises in fascism that like they start to actually they they haven't had the thing where they haven't shown their full ass yet. Like the Holocaust doesn't happen, which is overall a good thing. Let me say that fully before I say the next sentence, because the Holocaust doesn't happen. A lot of people's vision of what these people can actually do doesn't happen. So they actually are able to gain a little bit of a foothold in like seeing a little bit of legitimacy in particularly the UK definitely has it. I don't know the history of fascism in France, so that's could potentially be a thing. Um, this is also where you might see it in Japan um, because they saw it in rise in the US and the UK. Um, so that is kind of also happening in the background. Um, one thing that, uh, since, and I'll mention this mainly because, I mean, Hazeltown's story takes place in the Sea Bear region. Uh, during the 30s and 40s, uh, the general, uh, the general, uh, like, I'm trying to think of how to phrase this, the general, um, not feel the country, but the general, uh, Stance of the country as an empire, because at that point, it technically it, it, like it is an empire by any means, because the original like tribes that be, that made up the seed bearer council, uh, it definitely they kind of, you know, overtook some of the tribes that like were in the region. They kind of like grew as an empire. Um, it had a self-reflection at that point, because also the seed bearer like kind of uh ethos was very uh open on some things very strict on the other uh in particular it is very protective of like it's like like hmm, i'm trying to think out of phrases um seed bearer does not like did not uh, let me for actually let me phrase it like this um because this is actually important with <laughs> actually some people's background there are actually some characters background. Um, it was also around this time where uh, the sea bear had a self-reflection about how it runs the army of its country because it had a standing army at this point. Um, but it was always like very, they realized they didn't really need like their, um, how they handled like it now that it, especially now that technology is starting to increase and just like inner like communications exist. Um, they changed or like they had a self-reflection on how it handles like it's um, it's like the actual mechanisms of how the country works. Um, because a lot of it was kind of especially when it comes to more of the outer branch at this point, uh, kind of becomes like more decentralized. So what essentially happens at this point, um, 
is you actually have a little bit of um, social uprising because uh, or a drive for unification because sometimes like um, this is around the time where uh, you saw um, what happens like uh, I'm just trying to think of how to phrase this. This is where Seedberries drops its national army. But because also all this stuff is happening, they realize that really um, they don't need an army to go and fight on behalf because what I'm thinking is they might have joined a few other countries in some wars. And generally that didn't work out that well, that they realize we don't need an army. If anything, we don't need an outstanding army. We need a self-defense force, essentially. They essentially, well, it's kind of a comparison. They essentially Japan after World War II themselves. Like they f- realized, you know, what? we're actually outstate. We are not because what probably likely happened is some cr- like, you know, standard corruption and just general mismanagement. They realized this is actually a bad idea for us to have this. If anything, we need a self-defense force. Also around the same time, um, we never really had any sort of mechanism for how policing works there. Uh, and what people are starting to realize is their police force that they had really sucked. So what they did, this is around the time where they had a, a reflection of like, okay, here's the things that we need. We need, the thing is, is like, we would be fine if an army, except for the fact we are sandwiched between two countries that we are not like we technically aren't at war with, but we might as well be at war with. They could strike at any point because they're U.S. is below you. Canada's above and though Canada's probably not going to do much. But Japan's also right over there, too. So I'll this is, say like, oh, man, next to the take down a standing army when you're right next to the United States of America. With so nice land. <laughs> no. So this is where the home guard system happens. And they realize that, you know what? They actually start to do like the things that, you know, they start to research how they handle their police cause because they had a few incidences of uh, basically the force was like acting. Well, let's be honest, they're acting like police forces. They eventually they got to the point where they were seen as like bullies and all that. Like they had gotten to the point where they had something like the seed bearer thing had a mytholo- uh, mythology of the fact that um, like guardianship is a massive part of sea bear culture and like, oh, the police are the guardians of the people. So speak and which let them get away with a lot of bullshit. So due to unrest in the 30s and 40s in sea bear region, um, this is where like this is where like the D pass and all that kind of system goes on where they start to uh, go away from a traditional policing system to having their, you know, instead of having like police people like patrol around, we're going to have people who are mostly medics and guides and people who are not like armed for the most part. However, because we need a standing army, we're also going to integrate it in with this system as well. So we are having a standing army that is like patrolling, but these people are mostly medics for the most part. And like fire people or firemen, they are more of 
Um, they're doing the thing like a lot of people now or, or like some communities now are doing where they have more of a check in person rather than sending in a police person. So um, you still have a organization for like investigation. But if there is someone who is going to intervene with some sort of conflict like that just kind of brews up, it's not going to be someone who is like like mostly trained with a gun. They're mostly going to be trained with ways to de-escalate. So I am guess so that means most D-Pass agents that we would see on a day-to-day basis are not carrying any sort of firearm. They might have like a nightstick, something they, like that. They might not even, they probably won't even have that for the most part. Um, but they all are technically trained in firearms in case of, hey, hey, United only, States is doing a thing. Only partially. So that's where the home guard system I, I, is. I was going to say, I figured it depend what arm you're part of. Yeah, so I was thinking about like I believe the like the ratio that I'm thinking of is uh, it is about a 25 percent of D-Pass units are part of the Home Guard. And they're the ones who mostly if they would carry a weapon, um, for example, Toby is an example of someone who is part of the Home Guard. Um, he and he specifically carries uh, like especially when he is dealing with a national park. He carries a revolver, so he carries a, a weapon that is made that essentially is like, hey, I'm likely going to deal with if if I need it, that means shit's gone terribly wrong and I need to take down an animal. Like I need to I need something with like a hunting weapon. I do not need like a military weapon. So most of them uh, like some of them, like especially if they're in like the populated city, might carry a military weapon, but usually in a way that is not like they are not carrying it. It is on their person. And yeah, they're trained with it, but that is not their primary goal. Like if they're thinking of like the thing that like you would have on your hips are more likely a med pack than a handgun. Okay. now that's not to say that there aren't like investigation like there is the it, it's something that you haven't run into, although you might run into in the next arc uh, is that I think it's the uh, it's the Department of Criminal Investigation. So the, the DCI as compared to the Department of uh, Public Assistance and Safety, uh, which are those are the people who are like investigate like they are detectives. Those mostly people aren't also armed either. Um, so. That is they kind of go under that change and there is actually uh, older pe- members like older citizens of the um, Seabear. Actually, you, you're more likely to come across where they have a suspicion of like these people because they remember the old ways. Uh, so it might have some hang ups about that. So that is actually a part of Seabear's lore, which I figured I mentioned that because this expl- like I mean, Hazeltown's story takes place in Seedbearer, so I figured that's probably worth mentioning. Um, but other than that, they really don't have a... The other thing that happens is they have much more of a centralization of, like... Uh, this is where you see, like... the They realize that um, the Seedbearer, like, the council that essentially acts as the guardian of, like... There's a mythology of, like... Um, the thing about Seedbearer is... In there, like, they never understood, like, they did not have any sort of concept of ownership until they essentially met 
other cultures. Like ownership is not part of their thing. Like they realize it's like, why you can't own anything. The world, like you, when you die, you don't take it with you. You, the earth owns it like this land, like you can get like taken away from it at any point. The earth owns it. We don't own it, which uh, basically translates into like, we're just taking care of stuff and we want to make sure that we're doing like the best we can. So what they uh, what eventually happened at that point, you had the system of like they take took care of um, they basically organized that they contain uh, the kind of the council, which is the just the general term of the general government, uh, took control of essentially anything that is re- essential to to life. So housing, food, like any of like the major needs, they essentially took control of it. Um so that's probably what uh, that's ha- what happened in Seedbearer. There is basically a consult like a solidification of their political system at that point. Um, okay. That's probably a lot, but I figured like that might be worthwhile mentioning because you know that's where Seedbearer takes place. Uh U.S. at that point. Um, let's see, Great Depression. Um, what happens to the mob, considering places like Chicago and stuff are firmly seed bear territory? So they they can get they so they have ways of getting in there. Like there are definitely mafia in seed bear. They're just a little bit quieter. More, they're quieter. They definitely more exist and like are not as blatant. as say they were. Uh, they probably still exist in like places like New York, like in the U.S. side. They definitely still exist. Um, you, I'm just trying to think about things and like, um, the U S actually helps out with, uh, some of the campaigns that occur within, they, they actually ally themselves with, at least on the Remus side with some of the Japanese things that are happening. Uh, so, uh, going back to the time that Hazeltown story actually takes place in, um, the Vietnam war, uh, Obviously, that like it's not Vietnam, but they are helping out with uh, the major conflicts that are occurring in the Heaven's Hearth area, particularly the um, uh, one of the fe- the because the Heaven's Hearth region is broken up into three countries. You have um, Marsnord, which is basically was former. It was part of the it had German influence, but it kind of broke apart and kind of became independent. That is actually uh, a side that's more allied with on the red red side. Uh, you have um, Mane Solis, uh, which is more Japan has influence there. Um, so they're fact they're allied with the blue, and you have Valley uh, Bianca, which is traditionally green, but that is also where you have a proxy war between. Basically, actually, all three factions are having a sort of a proxy war because you have um, the red and blue side of what influence there like they want to, like, control that region. And then you have it's kind of think about like in the situation of Iran, where it kind of became this secular kind of it was formerly very religious, very much a theocracy, but kind of became more secular at that point. Um, the other major faction, the conflict there is basically let's revert back to our old roots. Okay, so, so we have a reactionary 
a reactionary uh, militarist group is trying to fight off a secular government that may or may not necessarily be have. Essentially, the the reactionary faction is fighting is basically saying that the secular government has failed uh, because it is it is um, currently unable to control uh, like basically has lost favor or like, well, it's basically become, heaven. Uh, not quite because they are also like due to influence from uh, or having problems fighting off influence from uh, in terms of like it's par like it's like government is being very much filled up with people who are either hard allied with or are more allied with either essentially the, the blue or the red factions. So it's government is starting to like collapse in on itself. So, um, yeah, essentially that is what's happening there. That is also the region in particular that Rhapsody and Lomi come from just as a FYI. So there are some people that have fled that region. Um, right. That's it. Yeah. You are as, South China. As, Bay, so, yes. Um, <laughs> also one. Uh, yeah. So that's what's going on there. Kind of lost my train of thought. I think I might have rambled on a little bit. Um, I was trying to think, is there any other like things that might be worth pointing out in that time frame? Robert, do you have any? I can't think uh, of any. Which, which once again, which which year is this? Or what uh, These are like, think of a like, let's go between 1920 to about 19. Well, really, at this point, modern. So 1920 to 1970. All yeah, right. Cover the nuclear weapons program. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. Yeah. So nuclear weapons eventually did get developed, although they occurred at a much slower uh, pace because there wasn't really a need for it. Um, or like World War Two didn't happen, so you didn't have the drive for it. Uh, they definitely exist. Um, it is mostly in control with uh, the U.S. definitely has it. Obviously, the Russians definitely have it. Um I'm thinking maybe a few other countries have it. And then basically on the Earth side, the same countries that would have it now or at that point had it, have it then. Um, so no one has used them at this point, correct? So what I'm thinking, there might be a case where like they obviously got tested, but I don't think there has been nuclear conflict at this point. Right. I was just making sure that we haven't done there hasn't been a oh we're gonna just drop the bomb on hiroshima or Nag and nagasaki no, to make a point. no hiroshima and nagasaki did not happen or anything of the equivalent that has not happened yet okay um so no that that has not happened yet uh i know one of the things that we originally talked about was um we we're talking about the troubles that occurred in oh, ireland yeah, yeah, yeah. one thing that's probably an easy easy quick has anyone been to the moon yet so at this point, probably not because um, if anything, you have inner like interplanetary travel at this point. So they're probably still working on it. And it's more of a case of like the desire to do so probably waned a little bit. So they just they, they probably are getting close to doing it if they haven't already. So if anything, it might have gotten delayed a few years. OK, but they have definitely done sent up shuttles into space. And so you probably had some initial like space programs at this point. I just don't know if the I don't know if we have like anyone has landed on the moon yet. OK, that was just something I thought of, like a more fun one before we dive back into. Uh, 
So <laughs> the troubles at some at had basically because that is entirely or that is a UK Ireland thing that just happens because there's no reason for it not to. That's they're still next to each other. Uh, again, talking about characters, this is probably also why Lila got out of Ireland. Um, just looking at some of the other notes that I had. Um, so Lila is directly from Northern Ireland, then she's well, not she's not from Northern Ireland, she is Ireland. Well, hmm. I just was wondering when you specifically said, because while the troubles were bad, they were specifically localized mostly within Northern Ireland. So hmm. she might have. Maybe she might have lived. She initially was from she is from uh, Dublin, but she might have gotten something in Ireland or in uh, like Belfast or something like that, like as a post graduate kind of thing. And it was like, you know what? Screw this. I'm heading. I am forging my own path. I'm just going outside. I'm leaving the planet. Okay. Um, Fuck this. I'm going to space. Um. Other than that, I think that covers most of the notes Has that we had here. I read Contra happened yet. That was mostly the 80s, wasn't it? Right, right. Reagan was president then. He's not president. Yeah. Yet. No, he's governor of California at this point. Oh, Crazy. also, one thing, actually, because I think maybe we should probably, like, just trying to think of. Because one thing that came up, Henry Kissinger. Um, So he originally was so... In like actual like he came from Germany over here during the during World War Two and, you know, fled Nazi Germany there. Um, what I'm thinking happened there because it's like, oh, like World War Two didn't happen. So he had no reason to immigrate to the U.S. Well, what I'm thinking happened there is that he his family ended up moving over, trying to find new land in Himmelheim when that uh inevitably transferred away from German rule, there probably might have been some unrest, especially if it started to become more uh, like during the issues of like, maybe this is might become a communist nation that his family fled to the U.S. then. So he still is in the U.S. now in this universe. Horrifying. Um, trying to think of any other like small things, but I think we actually covered up most of the things that we had that we had on this list. Uh, did anyone have any other quick? There's, I try to think of something quick that because like, uh, shoot, I'm trying to think. Oh, Woodstock. What's Woodstock would have happened? Like, uh, in terms of like, because also it's the thing of like, there's a weird mismatch of cult, uh, like technology and cult, like culturally right now it is 1970. Um, musical styles at that point is the music of 1970 with maybe some slight changes or advancement because of technical technological advances in like say synthesizers and all that so you might see some more influence of like the technological like like the you might see some like early electronic especially like thinking of the stuff of like yellow magic orchestra or like craftwork might have been done a little bit earlier. Well, I think Kraftwerk actually is contemporary with this time. Yeah, I think Kraftwerk is contemporary with the 70s. Yeah, it would have ju- they would have just started at this point. So you might have seen more of their more of their like later stuff. Um, just trying to think. Um, hmm. 
Oh, that's, that does remind me. Who's Pope right now? Uh, probably. Because then that makes me think of, did the Vatican II, did the Council of Vatican II happen? Or are they still oh. doing Latin masses? Yes. So anything with the Catholic Church probably is still happening. As has it. I don't think that would have gotten interrupted at all. Okay. Um. No, yeah, I think the the Catholic Church wouldn't have, like, had anything, any of its stuff de uh, derailed. Um, that does bring in the question, the only thing, if Utah is U.S. territory, then I think Mormonism probably would have happened at the same thing. What a tragedy. Um, although his thoughts on, like, like, Native American, like, influence on yeah, things. Yeah, that's... Probably got him, like, he probably, like, it is probably a thing that exists in the U.S. probably would have been straight out outlawed in the Sea Bear region. Uh, or, like, he would have gotten thrown out. Um, yeah, because Utah is still part of the United States. I've I... Because I, that, that, like, basically I see it as, if Utah did make it, because, no, wait, Missouri's not, Missouri is part of the Sea Bear Nation. Okay, like, let me actually bring up a U.S. map. Because, like, I did we, did we say last time that basically the United, the area of the Louisiana Purchase is about kind of the Sea Bear region? Uh, a majority of the Sea Bear, uh, a majority of it is, but say places like Louisiana. I think I essentially cut it off that, like, Oklahoma yeah. and Arkansas and, like, Tennessee, like, that vertical did, did line. Did the U.S. basically do the, the long Korea method? Yes. yes. So, yeah, <laughs> they... What I'm going to fucking call it and nobody can stop me. Okay, so if I'm looking at the U.S. map, what I, what likely are the states of the U.S. are, let's see, California, Nevada, Utah, Arizona, New Mexico, Colorado... Probably maybe Colorado got cut into. Okay. Uh, and then Texas, Oklahoma, Arkansas, uh, Missouri, like, yeah, I would say Missouri's probably on in the Cedar Bear area. OK, now the Mormons anything is north of those, including the states I just mentioned, are Cedar Bear territory. OK, because the so, imagine that there was a mountain, a much more prevalent mountain range, like probably maybe I mean, the Appalachians are pretty big, but more like dense mountain range range between like Oklahoma and like probably going down the line of uh, like around the Ohio, Indiana, like so that Kentucky's probably on the right side, thus U.S. side. Yeah, that yeah, man, that means the Mormons don't if they do exist, they don't exist how we know them at all. OK, that's that's a sacrifice I'm willing to take. <laughs> oh, what a tragedy. What a tragedy. Oh, the Mormons, who the who? Yeah, so, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, kind of roughly, that was, that's kind of what at least I got, at least from the written stuff. Uh, so, last call on any other? Look, we'll, we'll, we'll have to do the postscript episode of which we, we talk about the century of his humiliation. Yeah, probably, yes. I'm sure... Yes. I'm sure after maybe this next arc, we'll actually come up some, with some stuff. So, which should be the next time you hear us in Hazeltown or in Hazeltown Storyland, we should be starting uh, the next, not only the next arc, but also the next uh, series. Um, because we are now no longer in the land of Hazeltown Story Discovery. We are now in the land of Hazeltown Story Contact. 
So... Diesel Town Story Murder. Well, we'll see what happens there. Yeah, it's gonna happen eventually. Yeah. So, with that, uh, thank you all for listening. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Hazeltown Story. If you'd like to get updates on this show and many other shows hosted by me, Lola DePazlo, you can follow at Hazeltown Story on Twitter. And if you would like to get to know me more from a personal standpoint, you can follow my personal Twitter, at Lola DePazlo. If you would like to watch this be recorded live, you can go to twitch.tv slash and follow the channel for notifications of when this show, as well as other shows like Retro Rank Rhapsody, are being recorded. If you would like to add this podcast to your podcatcher of choice, you can search for WLDP Hazeltown Radio and find us on most major podcatching search engines. Or you can manually add rss.hazeltown.life to your podcatcher. Thank you for listening, and I hope you come around for the next episode.